Black Hill Energy, heating homes across County Armagh. Fill up your tank for a rainy day with County Armagh's fastest growing fuel company. For latest prices, visit our website at www.blackhillenergy.net or call us today on 02838 344 Black Hill Energy, Ansborough Industrial Park, Lurgan. once again to Armagh Eye Sports Podcast, The Eye on the Ball. This is your host, Elaine Ingram. We've reached the business end of the GAA Championships and um, this weekend threw up some great matches in the intermediate semi-finals. On Sunday evening, um, Clan Gale got the better of Keady, 1-14 to 0-11. Um, it was a fantastic match with Supi Campbell playing an absolute blinder. That set up a mouth-watering all-Lurgan final between St. Paul's and Clan the Gale after St. Paul's beat Tully Saren on Saturday evening, um, 1.15 to 2.10. That was another fantastic match. They had to come from behind to win that one. I spoke to Supi after their game on Sunday and he's really looking forward to that final, but we'll get to that later. Before all that, I had the great pleasure of speaking with Justin McNulty, Given that it's September, we decided to take a trip down memory lane and Justin brings us right back to the 2002 Armagh final against Kerry. A day that will never be forgotten by Armagh fans, the day that they brought Sam Maguire home. While it's a day that the fans will never forget, it's certainly one that the players won't either. And Justin remembers every minute detail and he takes us through his thoughts the thoughts that were racing through his head at the time and how it felt at that final whistle. He also, um, being an SDLP politician and MLA, had the great honour of being a part of the Guard of Honour for the wonderful John Hume at his funeral recently. Um, Justin talks about John um, and what he meant to him and his political career he talks about some very special memories he has of the man and how, tells us how his life and his family have impacted on his career choices, what he thinks of this Armagh team under Geezer and how he thinks they're going to do really well when the county football gets back underway. So let's hear from Justin now. So Justin, it's really nice to meet you. Um, I hope you don't mind talking about um, the glory days because I'm going to bring you back there now, if that's all right with you. Elaine, I could talk about the glory days all day and all night. It's uh very very happy memories for many of us and um, yes we went to today to recall those days it's the 22nd of December 2002 and there's um, 10 minutes left on the clock and Stephen McDonald kicks over a point to put you one ahead of Kerry um, you're in the full back line and at that point in time is the, are you aware of the clock what's going on in your head right then can you remember um, I remember Feeling very, very, obviously excited, very concerned, um, but my focus was on the moment. My focus was in the moment. Um, I guess in, in a few of the previous games, uh, later on, I'd made mistakes and I was concerned about that. 
And uh, so in advance of the, the Ireland final that year, I spent an extraordinary amount of time lying on my bedroom floor, visualising every single match scenario, but specifically the last 10 minutes. I spent an enormous amount of time going through every single potential scenario, uh, rehearsing in my mind and uh, practising it out as though it's really happening now in advance of that final to make sure that we got everything right, that I got everything right, as right as I could get it. Um, in the last in the last ten minutes, and thankfully, uh, that's the way it did work out. But I, I do recall um, the effort, the intensity of work throughout from our team in every position of the park, the desire, the hunger to stop Kerry, to prevent them mounting a, 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 an attack. Um, and there wasn't there wasn't a real Kerry attack, and I can't recall a real. A strong positive carry attack in that last last ten minutes because of the amount of effort from Marshall McConnell, from Stephen McDonald, from from Roland Clark, from Jim Marshall, where our best workers in that last ten minutes were our full forward line, and it was extraordinary the amount of pressure they put their their men on, stop stop them mounting any sort of attack into our defence. Barry Hagan, Tony Martin, the, the effort from those boys was extraordinary. Yeah, because I mean, this is Kerry. This wasn't just any old team. This was this was Kerry. And I mean, who were you marking at that stage of the game? I was marking Dark Okneja the whole match. Um, obviously, Dark Okneja was a special player, special talent, um, great human being, and um, huge admiration for him as a player and as a man. And put an enormous amount of effort into um, seeing what his game was, studying his game before that match. So I watched video after video after video. I knew what his nuances were. I knew what his tendencies were. I knew what where he turned when he received possession, I knew what he did for kickouts, where he where he went for kickouts for um, our kickouts. He would actually go out to midfield for break ball, and I, I anticipated that. And I didn't then win one break ball, and then games up that he won numerous break balls from our from the opposition's kickouts. So I was ahead of him. I didn't then win one break ball, so I knew his game inside out. I done an enormous amount of homework on him, um, and limited them to thankfully just one point that day from play. Um, for a extraordinary player like Derek Nage, I thought it was quite, quite an achievement. Um, so he's, he's a tough, tough player to mark. Derek Nage is a class act, and um, just thankfully I was able to minimise his, his damage that day. So this, so it's like ninety nine percent perspiration and one percent inspiration, or I don't know, is that the right quote, whatever it is? But it's hard work. I mean, really, um, pays off when it comes to times like that, you know what I mean? You can have all the talent in the world, which obviously you do and you all do, but really vigilance and just wanting it more on that day. It's a combination of factors. And you, know, there, you always do need that break of the ball. Maybe we did get a few breaks of the ball that day, uh, but we had, we got the breaks of the ball had gone against us for many years in advance. You know, we'd, been, we'd been knocking the door for quite a few years. The team had been honed over many years, not just in the RMA environment, but in their club environment, in their school environment, in their home environment. And a group of people who have to take huge responsibility for the success of my team is are the parents of the players because of the character of the men they built the men who had that hunger that desire to to go to the top and to dream big and we all started playing for our man nobody was talking about our man winning all irons um, and uh, but the boys on the panel luckily enough came together at the same time and had that dream and the setup was such that it, it um, supported that dream and, and uh, Allowed that dream to thrive, and that started very much with the, the Brian McAlinden and along with Brian Callaghan and the the work ethic that they um, injected into the whole Ironman system and the, the the discipline 
there's enormous uh, culture of hard work, really, really intense hard work. And the, 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 the toughness of the training we did on those two men was extraordinary um, and probably helped uh, build, build that level of determination, build that level of commitment. Um, and, but that also came from our clubs, that also came from our schools. Um, you know, my own club, one of the band, Peter McDonald, put the enormous amount of work into that and the fitness of the players. Uh, the Abbey, Bala Keane, um, and, and Sacoma was Ray Morgan, um, Pete McGrath. And it was, in other schools, that was, happen- was happening in St. Pat's Armagh, it was happening in Lurgan. Um, and all those things came together to get us over the line, over the line that last 10 months. Yeah, and Peter McDonald's back there now in Mullabone again, and um, they I know they were knocked out there um, by Cross McGlen in the championship, but we have high hopes for them. You know, they're back, they're back sort of where they belong. It's been quite a while. They're, you know, starting to rebuild and stuff like that. Yeah, it's good to see Mullabone back in the senior championship, and uh, obviously they didn't have a big uh, day against Cross McGlen this year, but that, that's a learning experience for them. They make the lads hungrier, and um, I'm sure under Pete's. Um, guidance to the combined hungry and stronger next year. Yeah, and of your team now, yeah. Well, I suppose I just wanted before I go on about um, how did it feel when all of a sudden Croke Park was like a sea of orange at that moment. So the whistle, final whistle had gone, and was it relief? Was it what was your uh, your immediate reaction? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I think just in the I think it's extraordinary um, achievement for a club to have four men leading the team out in the Ireland final. The first four men in the parade were parade were Mulvaney men, which is extraordinary. Um, final whistle, um, I just remember the feeling, the sense of utter elation, utter elation. I looked around and I could see all, all my teammates running to each other, running to, to hug each other. And I, I just was, all I could just feel was this, this, this sense of satisfaction, the sense of elation, the sense of joy, the sense of total happiness uh, bubbling up inside of me. I just, I just walked and just walked with my hands in the air and just felt so... Uh, it's you know when a dream comes through, it's a very very special moment. I just utter elation. That's all how I can describe it. And then seeing the Armagh fans breaking through the the hedges, so to speak, because the the obviously the, the GA officials tried to put up the the orange uh, temporary fencing to prevent oh, yeah. prevent attribution. <laughs> like that was really going to work. <laughs> and the Armagh fans launched themselves through the netting, broke it down within seconds. And seeing that uh, wave of Armagh fans breaking on the pitch, it was just extraordinary. It was just really, really emotionally intensively happy, happy moments. Uh, and for the players and for the supporters, I mean, the supporters have been through such a really, really uh, tough time over so many years, over generations with as Armagh supporters. And, and see the joy in their faces. Yeah, they've been there a couple of times before and hadn't quite got over the line, but it, so, you know, it really was something. Yes, there were a lot of painful days I've been as an Armagh supporter. I've experienced that myself as an Armagh supporter before I became an Armagh player, and uh, it was a hugely, hugely uh, rewarding moment for, for everyone. Then to hug your teammates, to embrace your teammates, and to head over towards the home stand to, to lift the cup was just uh, unbelievable. And um, the tw- I think I struck 25 out of the 30 players you know, from that team, have gone on in managerial careers in one one way or another. So, you 20, know, I one? think it's like twenty five. I read that somewhere. Really, yeah. Twenty five out of the thirty on the panel have gone on to, um, yeah, to manage or coach in some form. That's and you yourself, obviously, have had great success in um in managing. You know, in in Cavanagh in Dublin, and um in St Bridges in Dublin, and um. Obviously, Leash then, following on from that, you know, you took them up a division and, you know, stuff like that. So, 
is it is it the discipline that came from that or you know from winning that final did that influence your career after that well certainly I learned a lot from, from all the coaches um, from Peter McDonald from uh, Charlie Grant Mola Bon you know a special special manager who brought on so many young uh, underage players for the club and who many of them went on then to win also club with Mulban and to win uh, an All-Ireland with RMA for one Mulban players who worked on the tri-ground. Uh, Desi Ryan, Val Key in the school, Jim Kearns in, in Camlock, uh, Joe Kearns obviously, Brian McAlinden, Brian Calvin. Um, these, these are all fantastically um, special coaches and different from, with different, different aspects and different strengths. Uh, so yes, it, I brought a lot of the experience that I, I learned as a player on working with these coaches into management, but some, it wasn't like something I'd, I had planned to do. It wasn't something I, I had um, thought about or even considered. Um, it was just simply a question that I retired from from Armagh and all of a sudden I got a phone call, do you want to go and manage this club in, in Calvin, Mullahorn? I said, yeah, who, who would I be to go and manage a club team? You know, that's, that's, my, that's my initial reaction, you know. Um, but I grew up with initial uh, nervousness about it and decided to give it, give it a, a wrap and uh, Got a limited success. I would. I'm not. I'm not in the Joe Kearney or Mick O'Dwyer bracket just yet. But a <laughs> uh, limited success at a number of uh, clubs and at, at Leash as well, and with Arma as well. So um, a really, really rewarding experience coaching the management team. And um, yeah, you were selector for Arma as well. Yeah, so I worked on the Geezer for a year as well. So it, yes, it's it's a different experience, totally different to play, of course. And you know, you're responsible for the whole group as a manager and coach, um, but it's hugely rewarding also. So what do you think of this crop of, of Kieran's Armagh players now? Do you think, you know, we've kind of been in the doldrums a bit for the last few years. Um, he seemed to have, when he came in, you know, like a five-year plan. And to me, they seem like a really tight group now. And he's got an awful lot of talent there. What What do you think? Um, you know, they were doing really well. They were flying in the league. And of course, all this happened, but um, which hopefully hasn't stopped their momentum. But in in terms of the group of players that Kieran has and his style of coaching, do you think it's um, a positive thing? I think uh, Kieran McGee has been extraordinarily strong and positive for Armagh as a footballer. Um, I, I, I talk about um, nobody, none of us even dreaming about when they learn or having that success when we first joined the, the setup. Gieser was was always you know there at the front leading us on. From, from when I first joined the Armagh panel, I played with him from Mullaban for many years, and always like, but he was always there bringing things on. And Geezer, as a captain, played an extraordinarily um, powerful role in melding the whole group together. I know in some teams there are factions, there are cliques, there are groups. Geezer brought the whole lot together. We were, we were one unit that was very much driven and uh, carried forward by Geezer. And that's the same in his coaching style. He brings the whole group together and he makes everyone feel like they've got a part to play. And demands demands a standard of performance, a standard of behaviour, a standard of um, um, expectation within the group that uh, some players thrive on. There, most players thrive on. There, most players love that, and they know they know what they get. They, they know what what uh, is expected. Um, and this group of players, I think there's been you know they're having extraordinarily good players coming through over the last five years, all during that period and six years with Geezer's been managing. Um, so this this group of players do to me seem to be. Uh, very very special with lots of uh, quality and doubled up quality in every position all the park. You know, there's it's not just the starting fifteen. The players who are maybe not getting game time are extraordinarily good players and who would probably grace any kind of team. 
So I think it's an exciting period for Armagh. Now you've mentioned talent and um, the boys themselves. You know, talent's not enough. Talent it just it doesn't doesn't win matches. Talent doesn't win championships, um, and certainly doesn't win all Ireland. So those boys know this. It's about more than talent. It's about the commitment. It's about the drive. It's about doing the right things at the right time. It's about performing under pressure. And so I think Geezer's got the people around him to be to enable the lads to develop, to enable the lads to, to improve, and to enable the lads to hopefully achieve big things and that's that's hopefully because there's so many things have to come together to enable that to happen. Yeah and they seem to have really bought into his system you know um, and with Jim McCarry there as well it's the nice balance I think of two, the two very kind of different personalities that really um, the boys seem to really work for I mean they, they really seem to work hard for them and you know it's just a really tight-knit group I think. Yeah well there's a, there's a brilliant background team you know the stats team the um, Obviously, Jim Curry, Paddy McKeever, John Toll, and Hugh Campbell, who was there in 2002 with us, yeah. as well. Um, Julie Davis doing the SC. Uh, you know, they've a fantastically uh, positive uh, setup there. So, all the things are in place to enable the team to, to move forward. Um, so, I would hope that would be the case. And I know this year, given this, this uh, outlier year, you never know, I'm to go forward and do achieve big things. Hopefully. Yeah. And um, what about the club championships now? So- I think it's been a fantastic club championship. This, uh, you know, the the novelty of the knockout is now uh, back because of COVID, obviously. Um, so it's it's it makes for very interesting. And what about you yourself now? I mean, your love of sport, um, your family. Obviously, you've got a twin brother, um, Paul. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, obviously there's Enda there as well. You've all played together over the years growing up. Was sport always a huge thing in your family? Um, it, it, I guess it was. We were. Fanatical about good football from a very young age. I think when you know, as a young boy, my first memories are going to matches with my dad in the back of the car and sitting beside the other players, sitting on Dave McCoy's knee, going to the under twenty one championship game for Armagh. My dad was the coach for the under twenty one uh, team for Armagh, and then he went on to the senior team, uh, coached the senior team with uh, Peter Megan, Sean Herity. Um, so I was in the Armagh dressing room a lot as a child, uh, seeing Joe Kieran, um, you know these. Huge men, seeing Jim McCure, seeing uh, so many of the, the, the class acts that, that, of that time, you know, Paddy Moriarty, uh, and these people who were heroes to me as a young boy, and um, seeing them in the dressing room uh, in the pre match and post match environment. Because my dad used to bring us into the change rooms before the matches and after the matches, and yeah. it was just a hugely uh, mesmerizing experience for a kid. And, being in the change rooms in Crow Park after losing a league final and seeing the, the disappointment and the, the pain in the players' faces and the anger of the manager who was giving out the players about, about how they, they let down and that all sort of added together to, to you know, you know, allow us to dream about playing for Armagh one day. You know, that was a, my first dream to play for Armagh and then to, to win all Ireland. That was just special to have done that and special to have done it with a brother, my brother as well. Um, and my, my twin brother actually played in the All-Iron Minor final in 1992 and I was a substitute, so it, it's oh, really? how it, it uh, turned around. Um, it's like the Williams sisters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And my younger brother, Patrick, he's in Chicago, and he was probably the best of us all, but he just he went more of a career route. He was probably the best footballer of us all. So listen, it was special to have played with, with my brothers and you know, special to have played with one of them with my brothers. Um, one of us are still with them, um, and that was a very, very um, rewarding experience. And yeah, what about now? 
you're a civil engineer, but how did you get involved in politics? You know, obviously you're a very driven person, but how did the politics come about? Have your family always been political or? Yeah, yeah. Um, civil engineer, worked in Dublin for 10 years um, and branched into another career as well with, with my brother, and I worked in, in performance with him for a few years. I also I worked in banking, worked with first derivatives. But something was nagging at me always for uh, probably the five years previously, since before I came into politics, I just felt um, that's the SLP, who a party who I've admired for since my, my childhood, also because my, my parents were actively involved politically. My mum would have walked the streets with Seamus Mann and John Hume uh, all through my childhood, and she and she's still actively involved in politics. So that backdrop was there. I can still remember Seamus Mann's uh, success in '86 winning the Westminster seat. I can still remember the, the, my mum coming out of that after having drank champagne for the first time and and, and actually being sick uh, because of drinking two two glasses of champagne. And she wasn't able to cope with that. And that was the first first time she drank champagne. There was champagne brought to Newry. Right. All the champagne <laughs> was brought to the, the SDLP office in Newry after that success. And they, they all shared in that uh, before you have that success. And I remember mum being a little bit sick afterwards. But <laughs> so that that backdrop was there through through my upbringing. And um, I feel very passionate about the SDLP. And um, I also felt that uh, I wanted to give give something to the party and give something to what I believe politics politics should be. And I think the SDLP represents that. And uh, I know that you had the um, great honour recently of speaking about, you mentioned John Hume there, of carrying his the coffin. Didn't, didn't actually carry the coffin, I was just observed as a guard of honour. A guard of honour. Yeah. And um, how, did you did you know him at all? I mean, how influential was he? I mean, obviously a wonderful man and there's been so many accolades about him and, and everything in recent weeks. Um, did you did you ever actually meet John Hume? Yes, met John Hume a number of times. As I said, my mum was very active in the party uh, in Yerry Armagh for many yeah. years, and John Hume actually came to my grandfather's funeral in our Derry Man. Um, and something I remember about John is that whenever he walked into a room, the power power of the man without him saying anything. He had this sort of um, persona that's just it was like a, an aura around a saint. And that yeah. sort of way, they just had a special aura, special power, special being, special human being. Aside from being a, a politician, he was a special human being, and people just identified with him. People felt close to him. He just warmed. He warmed the room when he walked into any room. I, I remember walking into the wake of my grandfather. This is a room with maybe twenty or thirty or forty people. It was a big room in my my uncle's house, and um, there's really thirty or forty people in that. People just being totally in awe of this man walking into the room, and him just being like any other Tom, Dick or Harry as well. So whilst he was um, a hero to so many people, whilst he was such an important person, he also was you know, a level that people could identify with and relate to. And just one people, of those extraordinary human beings that just, yeah, like an everyman in some senses. He was an incredibly powerful, warm, special human being. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he really was. And he did so much for this country, you know. It's just, yeah, he'll be, he'll be remembered. Um, yes. You yourself now um, being an MLA, I'm sure it's been turbulent times to say the very least. You know, it's been crazy what's going on. <laughs> um, have you been flat out busy or about the schools and the, the exam? Or? Yes, yes. Well, listen, this, this has been a turbulent time. Um, and things are changing literally on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, since since the, this um, outbreak arrived, um, or since this virus arrived on our island, it's been 
incredibly turbulent. It would be very worrying for so many families and individuals. Um, so people people need help, and I'm hopefully able to help them in some uh, aspects. Some things you can't you just can't resolve. Some issues are just not not resolvable simply, and there's a long time frame around that. But uh, it's very very rewarding to be able to help people with with the little. Uh, issues that arise on a daily basis and there have been a lot of issues arising as a consequence of COVID and that's, that's what me and my team in the area of Ireland are, are here for and we're, we're only too delighted to be able to help people when we can. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you have any thoughts on, you know, the way the GAA now, the numbers uh, for spectators have been brought down the south because it's, it's, you know, in any other sport it's usually like north and south but because GAA is all Ireland and they have one rule down there now where they've limited the amount of supporters and there's been you know, objections to it up here and they haven't, the Northern Ireland executive haven't followed suit with the South, which they have been doing up to this point, really. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? Or? Well, in this instance, I'm happy enough that they haven't followed the South. Usually I'd be banging the table saying they have to... Yeah, because uh, you've got your sportsman's hat on now. This yeah, so as, an, as a fan of, of football, of GA, um, I'm delighted that we're able to go and watch a game. And I think that's, it's important for people's mental health to be able to escape to a certain extent to go and watch support their team doing so in a sensible and responsible manner um, and I, I just I, I don't believe it was right for, for the South to close down spectatorship but um, listen they make decisions based on what they feel is right for, for the people at the time and I can't criticise that. Yeah because this, it, um, I, I've been at the athletic grounds and you know they they really are handling it very well. The the press are outside. We're not in the press box. You know nobody's nobody's inside. Um, they have the seats blocked off every second seat, so people can't. You know they can't sit next to people. It's a huge space, and I think they really did comply very very well from the from the times that I've been there in the last. Well, I haven't actually I haven't actually been to a game yet. Um, but reports that have come back to me have been incredibly positive about how the Armagh County Board have organised around COVID and how they've communicated to the fans and how they've managed the match day scenarios and it's been incredibly positive about how the Armagh County Board have done that so I have to give them um, an enormous amount of credit for doing that. Yeah I mean we can't even we don't even get you know we we get the the programmes digitally you know it's not like the press don't have contact with the referees or anything like that and even having the water break you know where players are you know not getting water bottles thrown onto the pitch where they're all drinking out of them and everything. It, it, I, I think they, ha- they did do a good job all in all, so hopefully we can keep it keep it going. Are you worried that it's all going to, I mean, like everybody else, I suppose, that it might all come to a halt again? Or um, I would be worried that that would be the case, but I don't feel that that will happen. I'm just hopeful, hopeful that the, that the season can continue, um, especially because of Lexi or Ma getting promoted, of course, and... Because I'm excited to see how Armagh progresses this year. I think this is a huge opportunity for this team to, to make a big dent. And I hope that will be the case if if our shopship goes ahead. Yeah. Okay, Justin, I think that's that's great. Thank you very much, Ian. Yes. Thank you for taking the interest. And, uh, yeah, it's lovely to talk to you, especially when it's about, about sport, which is probably a lot more relaxing than talking about Absolutely. other stuff at the moment. Yes, indeed, indeed. <laughs> As I mentioned earlier, the Clan de Gael Keady game was a really exciting match. Um, Soupy Campbell was sublime, setting up a fantastic goal for Mel Patterson, very unselfishly. He, When he spoke to me, he acknowledged that in the last game, he wasn't quite so unselfish and he acknowledges that and tells us how he learned from his mistakes in that last match. 
Soupy split his head open early in the game and he went off briefly and came back on with a blue bandage wrapped around his head. And from that moment on, he just tore around the pitch and was an absolute nightmare for his markers. Um, Keady certainly put it up to Clana Gale. This was by no means a one-sided match and by no means a match where it was all about one player either. There were a lot of fantastic performances all around on the pitch. Um, Connor Hughes was excellent for for Keady, but they couldn't quite get over the line and it really was the goal that made the difference. Um, it finished 114 to 0 11. The halftime score was 110 to 09. Um, with that goal really being the difference between the two teams. Clannagale now look forward to a derby game um against St Paul's. They played Tully Saron on Saturday evening and that was another very, very close game. They came from behind, um, they were two goals down, and in fact it was 41 minutes before they got their noses in front at all. But um, they got a goal themselves from Aaron Rodgers, and it ended up, um, they ended up winning 115 to 210. Andy Mernon, who Soupy alluded to when I spoke to him as being one of the best players in the country, will be up against his teammate now in the final as well, and it's going to be one to really look forward to. So let's hear what Stefan Campbell had to say to me after the game. Stefan, all I can say is that was absolutely sublime out there today. Well, that bandage on the head didn't do you any harm? No, no, we, we knew what to expect when we come up against Kitty. Any time it's going to be a physical battle. And part of our game plan was to make sure we weren't found wanting in that department. We knew we were going to get bumps and bruises along the way. And it proved right and got to take the back of the head and the, the head open, but it's just a matter of getting back on the field as soon as possible and helping the boys get over the line. Yeah, I mean, you got straight back on and you set up that goal very unselfishly, I might add. That was just a fantastic run you made. Was, that, that goal will, was fantastic. Yeah, it was probably pivotal too because the timing of it. it was, I think it was three minutes before half time and I felt to let myself down and the team down in the previous round. I was very selfish in, in my approach and in my shot execution. And I was up in I was up in the flag during the week doing a bit of coaching with Geezer and it's something we worked on and bringing other players into play and thankfully it paid off tonight. Yeah. Yep. Um what about speaking about um Geezer, looking forward to hopefully getting back in in action again with the county? Yeah, we're allowed back. Is it next week? Next yeah. week we're allowed back, um officially. So listen, my I'm gonna put all my effort into lifting this first title for the club in thirty years. Um and then Obviously, my thoughts will be with Armagh after the return. Yeah, and um, another St Paul's now, an, an all-Lurgan final. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I've, I've quite a lot of friends up there. You know, I was I was riding. Won't Ting- be your friends in two weeks. Yeah, now. it's great. It'll be. I've, I've, I grew up in Tignavon beside the clubhouse in St Paul's, and I played for St Paul's under ten. And it's probably a shame that we have to meet in the final, but at the end of the it's day, it's very nice in some ways. It's too. nice. You know, it'll be a great buzz around the town here in the next next two weeks, and you know. They, we, they, we know what to expect. You know, they're one of the best footballers in the country, in my game, opinion. Yeah, and it was a fantastic game. Their, their match last night. Yeah, and um, listen, I know Kieran Nash well, St Paul's manager, and he was wishing me all the best tonight. Same with me last night. So it'll be a good, t- it'll be a good tussle. Two good teams. Yeah, and you think give yourselves um, a, a, fair, a good chance. I mean, it really was a great performance out there today. Yeah, well, we fell short last year. Um, we were a similar position going into the final quarter against the Grange. We got a wee bit complacent, we pushed up and we got caught. You know, we went four points up with eight minutes to go. They pegged us back and beat us by a point. And tonight was basically a case of what have we learned. Do you know, we lost an intermediate final in the 20s last year. And I asked the players, you know, what have they learned? Taking it into the game. And any senior players that were involved last year, what have we learned? 
and you know we learned a lesson and we got over the line. Yeah, it's a huge, it's a huge um, thing for the club now to, for the for the first time, as you say, in 30 years. Yeah, well, it's been a big week. You know, the, the Miners won the semi final on Wednesday night. We had the under 15s won their semi final this morning. Our under 16 and a half girls won their semi final. So we've just completed the quadruple in the four to four for the club and the club's thriving. There's been a lot of, lot of work put in the last five, six, seven years and it's starting to come to fruition. And the head will be all right. The head will be going on to worry about that. All right. All right. <laughs> Thanks a lot, No Kevin. problem. And good luck. All right, thank you. Before that match on Sunday, the junior championship semi-final um, took place between Beliques and St. Michael's and this was a very, very different game. Um, St. Michael's proved to be no match for Beliques who held them to just three points in total and all of those were from freeze. Meanwhile, they banged in 3.15. The goals came from um, Gary Boyle, the superb James McCarland and Kieran Connolly, who was only on as a sub. Um, Fergus Quinn, who recently had a fantastic win against Robbie Chapman in his middleweight professional boxing debut, um, was back on the field. He came on as a sub and was a huge plus to the team. As manager Gareth Thornton told me after the game, he also said that he expects a much tougher challenge against Forkill. In fact, he expects them to be the favourites. They beat Derry Noose by just one point, not 12 to not 11, on Saturday evening to set up the final in two weeks' time. So let's hear what Belik's manager Gareth Thornton had to say to me after the game. Well, Gareth, you must be delighted with that. That was... Um Handy to say the least. I don't know if it's handy now. The boys worked hard, I suppose, and the, it always it always looks. It easier. maybe looks easier than it actually was. You know, listen, in fairness, they've worked very hard since we come back after the after the sort of COVID break now, and I suppose they just got their just rewards there, and they're into a final now. But this beginning is massive underdogs again, a very very strong four kill team. But listen, all we can do is enjoy enjoy this and hopefully put the head down for two weeks now. So yeah, when you when you come through a game like that where you know it's very one sided. Is that does that kind of make it more difficult when you're going into a final against a team that you expect uh, to be a lot stronger, uh, or uh, would you have preferred more of a challenge? Uh, listen, you'd always love more of a challenge, but there's still lots we can learn from that, you know. So we still a couple of mistakes that we need to brush up on and get a bit sharper for. But that's what the next two weeks are about. And you had quite a few. The, the scoring was spread out quite nicely, so which is that's a nice thing as well. Uh, yeah, listen, they're, they're, we're not just a one-man team, you know. We're probably at eight or nine scorers throughout the game there, you know. So um, yeah, no, I was happy enough in that regard, yeah. And I see you had Fergus Quinn come on there. Yeah. Um, he's just recently joined the, the fray. Ach, listen, Fergus has been with us all year, I suppose. His boxing commitments have taken yeah. um, have taken preference, but when Fergus was able to train with the lads, he trained with us, you know, and, and uh, it's a massive, massive plus for us to have him back, you know. Yeah, it must have been a pretty daunting sight for them when they see um, a prof- professional boxer. Ah, <laughs> maybe so. I suppose his, his boxing, his GA yeah. is totally different. So um, I know Fergus Great Valley, you know. Yeah. Okay, well, good luck in the final now. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Eye on the Ball. If so, subscribe to our podcast and to Arma Eye. If you've any suggestions about what you'd like to hear or any comments at all, feel free to send us a message or leave a comment. And I hope you'll join me next time for The Eye on the Ball.
Blackhill Energy, heating homes across County Armagh. Fill up your tank for a rainy day with County Armagh's fastest growing fuel company. For latest prices, visit our website at www.blackhillenergy.net or call us today on 02838 344 223. Blackhill Energy, Ansborough Industrial Park, Lurgan.